Welcome to Prima's 2019 podcast series. My name is Shonda Ragland. I am the Director of Education at Prima. On this Prima podcast, Dana Barton will discuss developing your ADA self-evaluation and transition plan. Dana is a director for the Rocky Mountain ADA Center. We will also be joined by Taekwon Gilbert, Prima's Education Coordinator. Taekwon will moderate the discussion. Enjoy the podcast. Thank you for joining us today, Dana. What is the Americans with Disabilities Act and who does it affect? The Americans with Disabilities Act is a civil rights law that prohibits discrimination against individuals with disabilities in areas of public life. So this could be through employment, with state and local government, in school, with transportation, movie theaters, doctor's offices, etc. And so the law is really here to make sure that people with disabilities have the same rights and opportunities as those without disabilities. It was signed into law by President George H.W. Bush in 1990, and so we've been working for the last 28 years to make sure that the law is implemented correctly throughout all these different areas of public life. What is a self-evaluation and transition plan? The part of the Americans with Disabilities Act outlined that state and local governments needed to have what's called a self-evaluation and transition plan. And so the self-evaluation requires that state and local governments make sure that their services, their programs, and any activities that they might have or fund are accessible to people with disabilities when viewed in their entirety. So what does the whole program look like? And the self-evaluation is really a process of assessing the access by people with disabilities to these public services. It was required to be performed in 1991, where all of the public places were assessed. So this was fire stations, police stations, schools, courts, parks, polling places. It would even include sidewalks. And it looks at the different policies and procedures that are within the state and local government. So, for example, if there is a policy for service animals or a policy for mobility devices that are powered mobility devices, it makes sure that there's accessibility and physical access. So, entryways, walkways, sidewalks make sure that there's access at public meetings. So if there's a county commissioner meeting, making sure that there's a sign language interpreter. If there's materials that are printed at some of these meetings, that maybe some of them are in Braille if needed or in large print for someone who has low vision. It also is looking at accessibility in a website, making sure that website can be viewed through a screen reader and that the color contrast is correct. So the self-evaluation really looks at these state and local governments as a whole and assesses every detail. It requires that there's a public notice, a statement that the state and local government prohibits discrimination based on disability. It requires that a state and local government name an ADA coordinator, and this is the person responsible for coordinating the public entity's efforts to comply with the ADA. This ADA coordinator needs to be named publicly. Their phone number and a way to reach them needs to be uh, available to the public in case there are complaints or in case there's a question or someone with a disability is asking for a modification of a policy. The self-evaluation also says that a grievance procedure must be written out and made available to the public. So if someone does have an issue, they know what the proper steps are, what the timeline is that they can expect a resolution. 
And then the transition plan, after you've assessed everything within the state and local government, the transition plan is going to help prioritize what needs to be, maybe be updated or fixed. So if you've determined that an entryway to a building needs to be fixed or a public restroom um, is not accessible or the website needs updating, you would put together a plan for how you're going to fix that, the timeline in which it will be fixed, who's responsible, et cetera. So that's a really high-level overview. Probably doesn't seem like all that high-level, but that's a high-level overview of a self-evaluation and transition plan. Who needs to have an SETP and why is it important? Well, the SETP is required for all state and local governments that have more than 50 employees. And so that's not just in one department, that's the entire government. So even small local governments and municipalities are required to have this SETP. It's important for a couple of reasons. First of all, it was supposed to be done in the 90s. And I'll mention at this point that having your self-evaluation and transition plan completed is good, but you should be going back and every few years uh, reviewing it. Things change you know, new buildings are built, roads and public right-of-way, curbs, curb cutouts, all those things change. And so you should be continually monitoring your self-evaluation and transition plan. It is the law. And what we're seeing is that some state and local governments are seeing lawsuits through the Department of Justice. And if you receive a lawsuit through the Department of Justice, you're going to be required to make those fixes. It's a lot better to be able to say to the Department of Justice, you know, we know we have some areas for improvement and here's what our plan is. But we're seeing major settlement agreements where, you know, up to $10 million is being required of a government to fix some of these problems through the Department of Justice. So it's really important because you want to make sure that you're maximizing your taxpayer dollars and your budgets within your state and local governments. But I think really the intent of the Americans with Disabilities Act is to make sure that individuals in your community have equal access to all of these programs, the same access as anyone else. And I imagine that every community out there in the United States wants to be seen as friendly to the disability community. But when you don't have proper procedures for, let's say, snow removal, and your snow removal company is dumping snow on the accessible parking spot, and a person cannot make it to the county courthouse because of that, that's not equal access, and that's not showing your citizens that you're accepting them and that you want them to be part of your community. So it's really a twofold answer to this question, but first of all, it's the law. You don't want to get sued. I don't want you to get sued. And second of all, you want to make sure that your community is as inclusive as possible for all your citizens. Thanks for tuning in to this Prima podcast. Here are some words from Prima's marketing manager, Till Griffey, regarding Prima's 2020 annual conference call for proposals. Prima is now accepting education session proposals for our 2020 annual conference in Nashville, Tennessee. Successful proposals will offer engaging, timely, and innovative information that speaks to all public risk management professionals. Submit your proposal or learn more at conference.primacentral.com org forward slash 2020. That's conference.primacentral.org forward slash 2020. Deadline for submissions is Friday, July 26th. Thanks, Till. Now back to the podcast. <laughs>
What are the administrative requirements of the SETP? So I mentioned some of them earlier, but the administrative requirements do require a lot of public notice. So the public notice needs to include a non-discrimination policy, and it should include statements about employment and non-discrimination within employment, how a job seeker might request an accommodation to apply for a job, also how an employee once hired who might need an accommodation to complete their job would request that accommodation and what that process would look like. There needs to be a statement about effective communication and how you might make a request. So as I mentioned earlier, maybe a a town hall meeting that's being hosted by the state or local government and an individual is coming who needs a sign language interpreter. How would you make the request to have that sign language interpreter present at the meeting? There needs to be a statement about how uh, your policies and programs are modified if a reasonable modification is required. So this might be a request to conduct a telephone interview for food stamps if you require normally that people come into an office but someone is unable to because of mobility issues. Or let's say the opposite, you do require telephone interviews but you have an individual who is deaf or hard of hearing. How do you make that accommodation for them? It also requires a statement about the fact that you will not charge or place a surcharge on any kind of modification to a program or policy or an auxiliary aid or services. So as I mentioned earlier, the sign language interpreter scenario, if you have someone request a sign language interpreter, you are not allowed to charge that individual for the use of the sign language interpreter. That is a cost that the state or local government does have to absorb. So you're going to have a statement on that. Then also you need to have a statement on how someone may file a complaint Again, part of the administrative requirements are that any public entity that employs 50 or more persons has to designate one employee to coordinate its efforts to comply with and carry out responsibilities of the Americans with Disabilities Act. This is your ADA coordinator. This person is going to investigate any complaint and is going to be the liaison between the state and local government and any individuals making requests. These policies and procedures have to be published publicly. So we suggest that you have them, let's say, on your website, in your buildings. You might run a public notice in a newspaper. You just want to make sure that everyone in your community has equal access to understanding what the policies and procedures are for your state or local government and around the Americans with Disabilities Act. What are some funding sources for the completion of the transition plan? We get asked a lot about funding because once you complete the self-evaluation and transition plan, you will have a list of things that need to be fixed and that costs money. And so, um, you know, you're going to have to dig into your budget and make a plan for that. But we're asked often, are there other ways to receive funding? So there are some federal and state funding opportunities So depending on what needs to be updated, you should definitely check with the National Highway System, the Surface Transportation Program, the Highway Safety Improvement Program, Recreational Trails Program, Transit Enhancements. There's a Highway Bridge Replacement and Rehabilitation Program. There's a program called Safe Routes to School. There's a 
uh, a program for scenic byways and federal lands and highways. So those are some of the state and uh, federal funding. Of course, you can always search um, and look for community development block grants. I know that those are very popular for alternative funding sources. Locally, you know, you're going to want to look at your general fund, your sales tax and bond issues, and what those allocations look like to different departments. You'll look at your maintenance fund if you have the opportunity for a special taxing district. For um, transportation, you'll, you might look at your transportation user fee and what that looks like. And you might look at a tax increment financing district or a TIF. So those are just a few of the ways that you can look for and search for funding. It's never an easy task, but once you kind of put all of those different entities together, we believe that you should be able to find that funding. And of course, if you can't find the funding when you're looking through your general fund and reallocating dollars, you might want to look at private funding. So there might be local or national foundations, endowments, private development, or individuals who are interested in funding projects that remove ADA barriers. And so some of these private funds may help to improve parks or facilities and get them up to par with the current ADA requirements. We have reached the end of our podcast. Thanks to our speaker and all of our listeners. Please visit the Prima website to hear other Prima podcasts, join upcoming Prima webinars, read Prima blogs, and learn about other Prima educational resources. Be sure to check us out on Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter, and our very own Prima Talk. Have an amazing day.